Okay, so hi everyone. Today I am joined by Marilyn Conroy from Riviera. She's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for North America. And I know that we did a podcast about Riviera last year, kind of a getting to know you. So we will not do that again, but I will link that in the description for everyone. So if you have some more questions about Riviera and how they started and and everything like that, then that is your podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what Riviera is going to be doing this year for 2020. So before we get into that, though, Marilyn, how are you? How's the weather? You know, all of those, all of <laughs> well, those things. I'm very, I'm very, very well, thank you. And uh, having the uh, privilege of living in Florida, unlike uh, some of my uh, colleagues throughout the country, we have beautiful sun, sunny weather, uh, probably about 75 with degrees with no humidity. That. That sounds great. I'm jealous. I just took my dogs out and I had to wear my winter coat and uh, my <laughs> legs were freezing. It's cold yeah, I get here my winter coat out of mothballs and now and again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that Riviera has a lot coming up this year, so I think that we should just jump straight into it. I know, you know, booking is still open for 2020. And I, I know that you have some wave season deals. So for those of you who don't know, wave season is kind of like the first month and two months, three months of the year. And it's where cruise lines offer certain incentives for booking. Um, can you tell me about what Riviera is offering travelers for wave season? Yes, of course. And it's interesting that you say that uh, bookings are still available in 2020. Uh, we have more or less every itinerary available because um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on the side of the fence you are, we are always late in announcing our uh, rates and dates. For instance, 2021 is, is going to be announced at the end of February, which in comparison to our friendly competitors is very, very late. But to answer your question, wave season, now we call it wave, W-A-I-V-E, because uh, river cruises don't make waves. Uh, I know that's a, a nomenclature used by the, the uh, cruise company's mm -hmm. wave season, but we're calling ours with a different spelling. Anyway, essentially what we're doing, uh, our wave season promotion, which is applicable now through the end of uh, March, is you save up to $1,500 a cabin. Um, obviously, that discount uh, is available uh, for the two-week cruises in a higher category. But even on a seven-day cruise, you can save $1,000 a, a cabin. Um, it's on our webpage, but basically it's a tiered system of what you save. But this is actually unprecedented for Riviera because they haven't done this type of promotion in the past, and, and that's what the North Americans want. They want mm -hmm. the opportunity to book relatively early and save. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we just did this this budget cruise hacks and, and how to save money during the cruise. And, and one of them, it, it, people are kind of on the fence about booking early and booking late. You know, some people say that booking early is better and then you can have your category, cabin category choice and you can usually get better deals. And then some people say waiting to the last minute is best because people are trying to sell cabins. So I don't mm. really know which way is better. It seems like oftentimes when you do choose to book early, you do get these incentives and $1,500 per cabin is is generous. I mean, that's a pretty nice it's very, it's very, very significant, particularly yeah. when you take a look that our prices of, are very competitive to begin with. 
Um, they're competitive because we have to be to get the consumer's attention. We're an upper premium product, but we're not necessarily a household name. So, so we, we give these benefits for wave season and we also give competitive prices. So, um, you know, that, that of course is very, very important. But as far as booking early, booking late, I know that some, uh, companies will offer last minute deals, but, that is terribly disruptive because people do chat on board and it's not very nice if you booked a year out and you're paying X and then you have a, a dinner partner who booked two months out and is paying a lower rate. That's, that never makes anybody feel happy. Yeah. So we have a very, very strict policy that the prices, the people who pay earlier are going to get the better prices. We don't do last minute deals which undercut our prices, our original prices. So you'll you'll never be in the position of, all right, Mrs. Jones may have paid a little bit less than Mrs. X, but that's because um, she booked early, not because she booked late. It's mm-hmm. it's the reverse. And yeah. we're very strict on that, by the way, because it's it's terribly unfair otherwise. I I, I think that that makes perfect sense. So I I agree with that model because I actually have been on ships where where something like that has happened where people have yeah. questioned the cost and, and gotten different rates. And yeah, it, it, I agree. It's not fair. So that's good to know. Um, I also, you know, we're talking about cruise fares and the and the price of a Riviera cruise. And I, I know that I said that we did a lot of kind of getting to know Riviera last time. But will you just talk quickly about how, how everything works with Riviera, with the unbundling of the cruise fares and, and everything like that, and how you're able to keep your rates low? Well, ex- exactly. The this, this wonderful question. Thank you. Firstly, um, we can keep our rates lower because we don't spend a fortune in marketing in North America. If you look at the friendly competitors, they are marketing directly to the consumer, which is a very, very expensive way to market. Plus, they have these huge marketing budgets. Who pays for them? At the end of the day, it's got to be got to be built into the ticket price. It has to be. Otherwise, you know, you're paying for everybody's vacation. So we don't spend a huge amount of money on marketing in comparison. And we don't do consumer marketing. So that's one element that's been removed, which is a very expensive element, of course. So because of that, we are able to maintain a highly competitive you know, start-in rate. If you, if you look at our categories, um, I'm giving you, obviously, start-in rates, but the majority of them will start for about $2,800 um, for the week per person. And you'll find that that is extremely, extremely uh, competitive. It's roughly $400 a day. Um, what we do is in terms of the onboard products, we include shore excursion every day. We include complimentary Wi-Fi, bicycles, um, you know, obviously the, uh, all the meals on board, midnight snack. And in terms of meals, we uh, are open seating, open dining, which is very important. So you're not restricted what time you come down to the dining room for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, we have a, a, an alternative restaurant with no surcharge. So basically, we are an inclusive product. The two elements we do not include is, one, alcoholic beverages. We find so many clients say, why should I pay for everybody else's drink? So that that's something that some people like, some people don't like. So what we've done is we stripped that alcoholic beverage cost out 
And on a seven-day cruise, uh, a package for unlimited wine, beer, and soft drinks at lunch and dinner is only $159 per person for the week. Um, and I must say, if you look at our bar prices, that is not a profit center for us. So you'll see um, a superior glass of six-ounce wine, white wine, for instance, is uh, 2.75 euro, which is roughly $3. I don't know anywhere where you can go no. and get a, a no. nice glass of wine for three bucks. <laughs> I don't either. Um, <laughs> thank you. So we stripped. The only thing we stripped out is the is the alcoholic beverages, and we also took out gratuities. Now, we're a British company, and uh, we're not known. Brits aren't known to be particularly uh, good tippers, so we pay our staff a good At salary. At least you own up to it, Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Canadian, sorry. <laughs> and uh, so, so we pay our staff a good salary. So gr gratuities are discretionary, but if you want to give gratuities, then we we reckon average of uh, twelve dollars a day. But it's not one of these things where they're they're going around with brown envelopes and every five minutes we live on our tips. Uh, it's not like that at all on board. It's very, it's very graciously done if you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's always nice to have the option. And it's nice to, as you said, feel like you can choose. And if you're not a drinker, to not have to pay for that. And if you, you're yeah, from exactly. a place where exactly. you don't feel comfortable tipping, to not tip. I mean, it's like when, when these people from Europe, because most of Europe is like that where they don't tip that and then you go on to this American product or you come to a restaurant here and, and feel like you have to do that it's just not something that's normal for you it doesn't mean that you're unwilling to do it but it's just maybe yeah. not something that you even think of so yeah well I'm Americanized so I tip <laughs> yes I always well. <laughs> I always tip but yeah I mean it's in the, I I've heard too that like people enjoy having the the choice to tip I've heard this from multiple people and then also the crew like when when consumers or customers or guests have the choice to tip as well because that way they're tipping based off of service and what they feel like they want to tip yep. and and exactly. that way they're not they're not forced into paying something and and oftentimes I've heard that the staff ends up getting more tips when when customers are allowed to you're right. choose you're absolutely <laughs> right you're absolutely right because you're tipping the people that you really feel deserve it mm -hmm. and uh, no you're just you're right on all counts of that yeah um and okay so one other thing that riviera does differently and that it really helps with cost is is all of the wonderful things that you do for solo travelers so can mm. you talk about you know, I know that you have the solo only river cruises and then also that you have this allotted number of, of cabins on every itinerary. I'll let you elaborate on that, though. Yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, we recognize that the solo traveler, the solo traveler is a market that's growing uh, exponentially. It really it really is uh, a, a very uh, fast growing marketplace. So what we've done is on every single departure, we have up to five cabins. Uh, with no single supplement. And these aren't the cabins that are at the back of the uh, vessel that are small and all the rest of it. These are 
double cabins for two people where there, uh, one person would occupy it. Now, they are what we call river view, which is silly because they're all river view. It, what it means, it has a window as opposed to a French balcony because the majority of our cabins, 85%, have French balconies. So that's how we recognize the solos there. Plus, we're the only company, and I know we're the only cruise line to do this, we have entire departures dedicated to the solo traveler where every single cabin has no single supplement. What that means if you're on a vessel that holds uh, 88 suites, you're going to have 88 guests. Uh, so it's going to be a wonderful cruise to passenger ratio, that's for sure. And these solo cabins go throughout the season and throughout the itineraries. Yeah, and I was talking to someone the other day, which was so interesting, who who is married to a travel writer and says she always likes to travel with me. I like to travel alone because when you are not involved in a couple, it is so much easier to meet people because when you're, when you're paired off with someone, you're, you're Mm. put to the side. Maybe you're talking to each other and is there a time to approach? When do you approach? But when you're by yourself and you're traveling with other people who are traveling by themselves, talking, of course, to the solo departure, only departures, it really does make such a difference with who you talk to and who you can connect with. Now, I also think that traveling solo is rewarding regardless, but just having that, those solo only departures that are are unique to you, as you said, I think that that's something that solo travelers will really appreciate. And I highly encourage anyone who's listening to this, who is a solo traveler to to take advantage of one of these cruises, because I I think that it would be such a different experience. And I, I personally think that it would be a better experience. No, I I think that's a very good point that you've raised there. But, you know, it's interesting because not everybody who travel on these solo departures are, quote, single. We get a lot of cases where you've got two guys that want to go on a trip that their wives don't want to do or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get to a certain age, you want your own personal space. So they may know each other, but they just want a separate cabin. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, but your point of not wanting to intrude as a solo onto couples is very valid. Yeah, because, I mean, if if this is a cruise that you've saved up for for however long and you're going on your 50th anniversary cruise, you don't want some 24-year-old sitting in the lounge, I'm speaking to myself, talking your ear off. You really don't. <laughs> and so I, not to say that there are not experiences that I've shared with people like that, because I think that people do realize that river cruising is such an intimate experience and you're going to end up forming relationships. But there are people who completely close themselves off. And I can be one of those people, even as a solo traveler, I'll go to the restaurant with my book and and try to shut everyone Mm -hmm. out for a minute because I I sometimes (laughs) have had enough. But I do I do really think that that's cool. And it's interesting to think about. And, And like you said, it's a great option as well for those who are looking to travel together in a group of friends who don't want to share cabins. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. Well, let's let's speak a little bit to what's coming up in 2020, because we said that's what we would do at the beginning. And then we haven't done any of that yet, have we? So <laughs> no. what, what do you have on the horizon? Um, I know that. Well, I'll like I'll let you just answer that. I'm not going to give any spoilers. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, the itineraries are very, very important. And I think we covered last time how we 
always tweak our itineraries in order to give our clients a more immersive experience. Uh, we offer 15 itineraries, different itineraries on 10 rivers. But we have uh, three new things coming up next year, uh, two itineraries, two new itineraries, and a new vessel, Geoffrey Chaucer. Geoffrey Chaucer's uh, one of our long ships, which means she holds uh, 169 guests, which gives lots and lots of public space and very, very spacious cabins. But we also have two new itineraries, and I particularly like both of these, uh, Vienna, Bohemia, and the Treasures of the Danube. This I like because, you know, Vienna's one of those cities. It's, it's a beautiful city, but can you really see it uh, if it's a port of call for a day? Well, the answer is no, you can't, because you need to experience the city day and night. So we have a seven-day cruise which starts in Vienna. You embark in Vienna, you spend the night in Vienna, and then you set sail and you go all the way up to go Krems, you go to Linz, um, you, you end up in Regensburg, and then you sail back without duplicating ports to Vienna. So essentially, the the uh, vessel is a floating hotel because you can when you spend the night in Vienna, you just dock downtown for starters, and you just get on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can go to a restaurant, and the if you want to. And the other itinerary is uh, the same Paris and Normandy, where we do the Normandy beaches, the Canadian and American beaches. So here you you uh, embark in Paris, you spend the night in Paris, and then you sail all the way down to uh, your Honolulu with and then uh, on to Bayou where the beaches are to be found and again you don't duplicate um, ports of course so there are two new uh, itineraries and uh, they're being very very well received and I think that Vienna is one of those cities that also that almost always needs to be there almost always needs to be more time even if you do an overnight I just I love Vienna yeah. I it's one of my favorite cities. And <laughs> as you said, you're you're docking downtown so you can just hop on a bike. I mean, and ride into town or do whatever or or, or just walk yeah. into town. I've I've done yeah. both and, and and I'm glad you brought up the bicycles because we have about twelve complimentary bicycles on board. And what we do is our itineraries always give with the shore excursions a very, very good overview of each city. It's it's a nice tour. Uh, But we like to give our clients a certain amount of freedom to go out and explore on their own. That's why we have these bicycles. They're they're pretty popular. Um, Or just to, you know, walk into town, sit in a cafe and, you know, admire the passers-by, drinking some wine. And by the way, if you wanted to bring a bottle of wine or so uh, back to uh, to the vessel, you can do that with pleasure. We just don't like you to drink it in the dining room. So please drink it in your cabins or up on deck. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good place to get wine, but yeah, don't bring it into the dining room. I agree with that. That's not <laughs> that's not very polite. Um, no, that's is exactly there, right. <laughs> is there a certain itinerary that you're really looking forward to? I mean, I know that you have the two new ones, but but what's your favorite one to do? I know it's so hard. Well, no, my my personal favorite is Provence um, because I think that gives you the best of both worlds. You've got the wineries. You've got the castles, you've got the history, you know, like 
Avignon is famous, of course, for the Palace of the Pope. So you've got a lot of history and culture there. But then you also do quite a few cool wineries and, of course, the magnificent lavender fields if you go in the springtime when they're in full bloom. But what I also like about this particular trip um, is because it's so easy to do a pre or a post in Paris, which is my favorite city. So you go to Paris, do whatever you do for Paris, and then you take the TGV right down to Lyon and uh, embark uh, embark the vessel. Now, we sail uh, Lyon to Avignon. The reason why we don't do round-trip Lyon is because if you go to Avignon, that saves your time and you're able to sail right the way up into the city of Bonn as opposed to uh, having to take a bus. So we try and avoid buses as much as possible on our itineraries. But and that's my personal favorite. That is music to some people's ears. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to spend a time time in a bus. No, I mean exactly, exactly. Is there anything else that you that you want to touch on for twenty twenty? Um, I would like to just touch on about our basic um, philosophy, if you like. Sure. The the pro- the product uh, for Riviera is it's top of the premium line. Uh, it's not a luxury product. I don't like that word luxury because it means different things to different people. But it's the top of the premium line. Our cabins are significantly larger than the majority of our competitors, and our price is extremely competitive, as I said. So um, we are being discovered. I used to say we're the hidden gem in Europe. Well, we're no longer so, so hidden. <laughs> so we are, getting, uh, we are getting a lot of support, thank you, from our North American uh, clientele. And basically, uh, Riviera is tremendous value for money. I can't really say more than that, can I? Oh, and the, the crew, by the way, is European. Uh, English is a must-spoken language. Uh, the, the vessels are, are crewed and manned by Skiller of Switzerland, which is one of the preeminent boat builders. Our vessels themselves come from Skiller. But Skiller is also responsible for the food, for the uh, training of the staff. So you'll find that the staff on board is European, but as I said, they all speak English. So you get a real cosmopolitan feel on board. And I, I've stepped onto one of your ships for a a, a second crossing over and I've never been able to do a Riviera cruise, but I there, the ships are beautiful. And if yes, they are, and it took my breath away a little bit, I will be honest. And so I, I, I feel like that's the experience through and through though. That's what it t- seems like to me. Well, and you know what? I think if you're an experienced river cruise uh, guest, you would appreciate that. But even first-timers, I mean, I get such wonderful reviews. It's really it's really gratifying because, you see, our vessels are all relatively new. Um, Skiller, we lease them from Skiller. So it's like a car. When you lease it up, you hand it back. So that's why we're able to have a, a really young fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, none of our vessels are older than six years, none of them. Which is incredible when you're looking at at people who have had vessels that are, I mean, some of them over 20 years old. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, river cruises, are, you know, you can refurbish them, of course, but they're still in the old style. Mm -hmm. 
that's why it's nice to be able to just give them back. Yeah, just hand over the keys. I don't know that that's how boats work, but something like <laughs> no, that. I'm not sure either, to be truthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I do want to tell everyone, make sure, you know, those wave season deals, W-A-I-V-E, that we talked about at the beginning, um, <laughs> you have until the end of March to take advantage of those. So I would I would recommend getting on it as early as possible. As Marilyn said, the earlier you book, the better it's going to be for you. And thank you, Marilyn, for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you. Thank you very much indeed. 